Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. She goes, well, yeah, he was like that, but he's a, he's a pastor now. She goes, Jeff is a pastor? She goes, what church? She goes, you know, we're Catholic, but I'm really having trouble with my kids. Would, could we bring our kids? They're teenagers. My wife, she goes, oh, they would love to come. Amen. So she did what you do. She took a picture of her, put her in her contacts, got a phone number, all of that. So anyway, we overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Don't we? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Pretty, em I'm embarrassed by those things, and I don't glory in those things. I don't even repeat them because I don't want to give glory to the world. But I give glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Who is able to take somebody and overcome a terrible situation. Praise God. Love each of you. You may be seated. Can I borrow that water? You know, I like doing this. Sorry for Wednesday. Flashback Thursday. Thursday, okay. Okay, anyway. It's Thursday. It's not Thursday. <laughs> Tomorrow's Thursday. I got two two big appointments tomorrow I gotta deal with. <laughs> hey, there you go. Now listen. I'm gonna this Bible study tonight, if you allow it, this could be an amazing night of revelation for you. This could be of biblical proportions of your life here today. This could be a real game changer. This could be a light bulb moment, something that puts you to a place you never thought you could go. You see, tonight... I'm going to talk about something you probably never have thought of pertaining to the Word of God. We're going to get into it. It's idioms, hyperbole, and exaggerations. When's the last time you broke those down and studied them out, right? Some of the kids are saying, what is an idiom? Well, it's no, it's not that. Whoever said that. Close. Here's the definition of it. It's an exaggerated phrase that makes no sense, but we know what it means. That's an idiom. Hold on. Say it one more time. It's an exaggerated phrase that makes no sense logically, but we know exactly what it means. Right? Kind of like after you get married and the wife has to listen to the husband. It makes no sense, but she's kind of ciphering out what it means. <laughs> Can I hear the ladies say amen? <laughs> okay, never mind. All right. So what's in a good example of this? 
drove on the other side of the mountains, and guess what it started doing? Raining. And I called my wife, and I said, babe, guess what? It's raining cats and dogs. Now, when I say that, what does that mean? What picture does that put in your mind? You're thinking of what? Buckets of water being poured out. You're not thinking of this, raining cats and dogs. Even though it makes no logical sense, we know the picture that we're trying to get across. So does everybody understand what an idiom is? An idiom. It's an exaggerated phrase that makes absolutely no sense, but we know what it means when somebody says it. So I'm going to go through some of my favorite idioms. So, but before we do that, what's a hyperbole? Well, it's kind of close to an idiom, but a little bit different. It's an exaggerated statement not meant to be taken as truth. It's an exaggerated statement not meant to be taken as truth. So what would be an example of that? How about this? My wife goes by my favorite little Mexican restaurant. Hello, my friends. That's not the name of it, but that's what it should be because the guy that hits the window, he always says, hello, my friends, every time we pull up. And I'm thinking, that would be a great name for this restaurant. Hello, my friends. And so she picked up some tacos and this little thing of red sauce. Now, I like hot sauce. I put some of this red sauce on there. And when I put it on there, I look like this guy right here. My tongue was on fire. Now, was my tongue literally on fire? Were there flames shooting? No, it wasn't. But you know what I'm saying, right? I'm speaking, and, and I'm, I'm saying um, hyperbole is that, is I'm exaggerating something, but it's not meant to be truth. When I say my tongue is on fire, it's not that there was a flame, but it sure did feel like it. Does everybody understand now what uh, hyperbole is, right? Okay. And we all know what exaggerations are. Well, both of those are forms of exaggeration. And I'm going to go a little more into exaggerations a little bit later in this talk. You see, in the society that we live in today, there is an extreme focus on doing everything to the extreme. They even have X games, right? Everything is to the extreme. People, they will, their diets today, they, I mean, everything is to the extreme. If it's not to the extreme, then it's to the max. Everything is to the max, right? It's just, it's to the extreme, it's to the max. Everything is either to the extreme or to the max. Now, this is part of our culture. We may not even be aware of it, but it is in everything that we do that it affects our conversation with one another. You see, everything today is over the top. All you got to do is just sit and listen to people tell stories. Every story is over the top. I mean, they're just that way, right? So what we're going to do 
is we're going to do like this little guy. Now, I don't know why he's not moving. On my phone, he moves, but up on the screen, he doesn't. But we're going to dive right in. <laughs> okay? He does a little dance. It's pretty cute, but uh, we're not quite getting it on here. But we're going to dive right in, and we're going to look at some idioms that maybe you love, maybe you say, maybe you have never heard of. I know, cat's got your tongue, right? You wanted to say something, but the cat's got your tongue. What is that? Cat got your tongue. When someone says cat got your tongue, we know what he's saying. It's that you can't speak. How about this one? I love this one. Snug as a bug in a rug. Oh, man. Don't you love that feeling? When it snows, everything shuts down, you can't go nowhere, you just want to get into a blanket. Get a bowl of chili or something, snug as a bug in a rug. Right? Warm and cozy. How about this one? Hey, boys, it's time to hit the hay. Huh? I guess maybe that's from the days when you slept on hay. I don't know. Time to, oh, time to hit the sack? I guess when you had a sack that you slept in. Right? How about this one right here? Some of you on Sunday are going to be this, a couch potato on that Super Bowl, right? <laughs> why not a couch pumpkin or what about a couch grape or why a, why a potato? I don't know. But when we say, man, you're just a couch potato, we know it's not something positive and uplifting. It's an idiom. How about this one? Man, that guy, he's burning the candle at both ends. What does that mean? You never heard that one? That means that you don't have time to rest because you're too busy working, right? And unless you've been a dad, a husband, and a father, you, maybe you haven't experienced that. Or if you're a mother, a wife, right? Burning the candle at both ends. How about this one? Hey, that's a no-brainer. Can you really make a decision with no brains? I bet you can because I think some people live their whole life without using their brain, right? <laughs> really? Man, that's a no-brainer. A no-brainer. Oh. One time I said that to a guy to write a... I said, you know, that's really a no-brainer. You should write that check. He looked at me and he goes, no-brainer, huh? And I went, oh, man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> No-brainer. Okay. All right. Before you get too upset, just hold your horses. What does that mean, hold your horses? Hold your horses. Saved by the bell. Saved by the bell. Okay. Uh-oh. This one here. You got to be careful on this next one. Some people love to do this. Let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> Don't raise your hand if you're one of those people that love to let the cat out of the bag. Whew. Man, some people live for that one. Let the, have you ever let the cat out of the bag? Come on. Have you ever let the cat out of the bag? Did you let the cat out of the bag just because it wasn't about you and it was about somebody else? Oh, man. Ah, let the cat out of the bag. 
That girl's always got her head in the clouds. What is that, head in the clouds? You know, when we say that she's got her head in the clouds, we know what that means. Head in the clouds? She's got a long neck? I don't get it. She's like part giraffe. This one I heard, uh, I heard Nate tell this one to Mason the other day. Sometimes, buddy, you got to swallow your pride. You ever had to swallow your pride? Yeah. Swallow your pride. Yeah. How about this one? This one here. I try, whenever I get out of line and I tell my wife, hey, I didn't mean it, I'm sorry. I could talk till I'm blue in the face. <laughs> Right? Blue in the face. Keep talking. I hope none of you are letting your minds wander right now. He's letting his mind wander. It's kind of, I saw your brain over there wandering. Letting his mind wander. How about this one? Hey, Mason. Cooper in that tournament, you guys. Go break a leg. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, where did this come from? Break a leg as uh, as as a as, as a way of uh, you know wishing uh, the best upon somebody. Go break a leg before you uh, get up on stage there. Go 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 break a leg. And and here's another idiom right here. And that is, oh, that's going to happen the day pigs fly. Now, I don't know if that's an idiom, but I really like that. So I thought I'd throw it in there. Pigs fly, right? That reminds me of that, uh, is it Dumbo? Yeah, I've seen a house fly. I've seen a horse fly, but I ain't never seen an elephant fly. <laughs> Those crows are great. How about hyperbole? Hyperbole. Well, when you think of hyperbole, this one everybody's going to know. I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. Now, hold on. How do you go about eating a horse? It really cannot be that attractive, right? I mean, really, eat a horse? Where would you even start? Start on the tail, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Eat a, eat, a, eat a horse. Well, let's take a look at some other examples of hyperbole. Hey, I'm all ears. I'm listening. Oh, on my screen, the, the eyes are moving and all that. But anyway, that little guy's all ears. All the girls said, oh, isn't he cute? Yeah, that's all right. Maybe when you get married, your husband will look like this guy. He's all ears, too. That's probably the ugliest thing I've seen all day. But he's all ears. Now, really, he's not all ears, but we say that. Hey, listen, I'm all ears. Go ahead and tell me. Right? I'm all ears. How about this one? That guy's nose is like a fire hose. It doesn't matter how big somebody's nose is. There's no way it's as long as a fire hose. We say these types of things. Girls might think, well, I would never say that. Boys, they're different. You know, boys, they take the thing that stands out, and that becomes your nickname. I remember when Garrett, Nate, and Grant were in middle school, 
We had one kid in the school. There was he came over our house all the time. He had the biggest lips you've ever seen in your life. Guess what his nickname was? Big lips. That's what boys do. And my, and please, you say that is so mean. You can't call him that. No, that's his nickname. If you're short, you're shorty, right? I mean, that's just how it is. You got a big nose. They call you a tomahawk nose. That's how guys are. That's not being mean. That's being a guy. Right? You don't do it to a girl. In fact, girls are just the opposite. If a girl has a big nose, you never say anything around her that even rhymes with nose. You don't say hose. You don't say rose because she might think you said nose. And then, so you got to be real careful. Don't tell me there's no difference between a man and a woman. I've lived a long time. I know that there is. Right? How about this? Oh, and all the moms said, oh, there's my little boy. He's got a heart of gold. He's got a heart of gold. Janelle, you're going to say that about your little guy one day. You're going to say, he's got a heart of gold. Mason, Cooper, that's what your moms think about you. You got a heart of gold. Heart of gold. How about this one? Easton? I'm drowning in homework. No, you're not drowning. Drowning is in a pool, lake, ocean, something like that. You're just doing homework. You're not drowning. But we say that. It's hyperbole, right? How about the little kid that says, my dad is big as a house? <sighs> my dad's as big as a house. Yeah, that's because he eats like a horse, right? That's what the one kid said back to him. Anyway, hyperbole. These are exaggerated statements that we don't expect people to believe, but it makes sense in what we're talking about. That girl is as skinny as a toothpick. Hold on. Come on. Skinny, skinny as a toothpick? Have you seen what a toothpick girl would look like? Could you imagine somebody as skinny as a toothpick, what that would look like? Actually, I found somebody like that. She's here tonight. That's Gigi. She's actually skinny as a toothpick. <laughs> More like a pretzel stick or a cinnamon stick. <laughs> I tell her that all the time. <laughs> you just said it, huh? I knew it. She is a pretzel stick. Yes. Yeah, she was a garden hose that had a basketball in it. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. All right, here we go. How about this one? You come home after school, and you ever said this, I'm so hungry, I'm going to die every single day. You know, really, you'd probably have to go without food for maybe close to three to six months before you would die for not eating, okay? There's people that have gone that long without eating. So missing, just because you haven't had a snack after school, doesn't mean you're going to die, okay? You're not going to die. How about this? Every kid has said this. My dad is going to kill me. Cooper, your dad's not going to kill you. Now, he might make you pay for the window, might come out of your allowance, but he's not going to kill you, right? But these are things that we say. It's hyperbole. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> you ever said that? 
Don't raise your hand. I know we've all have said it a few times every day. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. If you are a mother or a soon-to-be mother, it's like this. Oh, me, I'm just losing my mind one child at a time. <laughs> yep, that's a little hyperbole. And for you kids, this is more of, this is an animated one too, but it's not working. I lost my marbles, and that one is probably more of an, an idiom. Okay. Exaggeration. Usually, everybody has been exposed to exaggerations. If you've ever been to, oh, let's say you go for a family reunion, and you're around a cousin, an uncle, older brother, something like that, grandpa, it's going to happen. Here comes the fish story. It was so big. <laughs> I mean, that thing was a whopper, right? Yeah, it's an exaggeration. Apparently, it goes in the animal kingdom too, not just uh, in the not just humans that exaggerate. Here's this guy. He's saying, "Look at the you wouldn't believe it. This rat was this big." Yep. The other day, I made the best bowl of chili. That's not it. Okay. <laughs> And it didn't look like that. But I started it off with a mound of ground beef. And then I whooped open a can of Nally's chili and combined the two. You mean that's all you did? That's all I did. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And so to sell it, to the boys, you know what I started doing? I started exaggerating. I said, oh, man, this chili's unbelievable. And I was heaping down spoonfuls of it. Oh, it's incredible. Now, I really thought it was delicious. But I instantly realized I was losing credibility. Oh, this is some awesome chili. <laughs> and they knew that I was being sarcastic. <clears throat> but if we're honest, everybody is a little guilty of this, right? As and my wife says, some are more guilty than others. <laughs> Oh, boy. How about this one right here? This is a big one. That's the best. Oh, that's the best. Man, that's the best. You ever heard anybody say that? That's the best. That is the best. It goes right along with this one. That's the worst. <laughs> right? That's the worst. Oh. The other day, my wife and I, we went to this Habit Burger. We're in a hurry. So he said, let's go through the drive-thru. Yeah, 20 minutes later, we're packed in nose to nose. We could not move. We were prisoners in our own car. 
There was the longest 20 minutes of my life waiting for those cars to move in front of me. I turned to my wife and I said, this is the worst. I'm, yes. This is the worst. Come on, you've never done that? There's two lines at the grocery store. <laughs> you got one and you think, oh man, there's nobody in this line. You get in there and they go, uh, Johnny, we need a price check. <laughs> And then this one always goes, and, and you see yourself, this is the worst. Or when you got to go to the bank, and you, you got to go in really quick, and you pull up to the, the, the car thing, and I always get the wrong line, it seems like. It's the worst. It kind of is coupled with this one. Forever, right? This is taking forever. This is the worst. Usually that's what happens. You're in line, it's in a hurry, and you start thinking, this is taking forever, and this is the worst. This is what drives people onto those YouTube clips that you see. <laughs> Give me my chicken nuggets now! <laughs> because when you want your chicken nuggets, 10 minutes seems like an eternity. Right? When you want to wash it down with that big Diet Coke, 10 minutes seems like an eternity. And all of a sudden, this is the worst having to wait. Right? It's the worst. You know, they just had this, back east, they had like, I don't know, what, 100 cars, 50 cars? They got stranded on an interstate. Anybody see that? Did you see anybody see that story? And they all got stranded. Brother Mark, do you know how many there were, how many cars? Stuck all night in the car. In the cold, right? I can just imagine a family like this, you know, our family. And as the, as the gas goes, all of a sudden, the heat turns off. The battery's dead. You can't even get any light. And you start seeing your breath, and the kids are screaming. You can't go anywhere. And your wife says, this is the worst. And you say, no, you know what? I don't think it is. Remember that time we got stuck at the Habit Burger for 10 minutes waiting for our burger? I think that was the worst. exaggerations. You know, there are some idioms in the Bible. Bear fruit. Got any fruit on you? Right? The blind leading the blind by the skin of one's teeth. The eleventh hour. Go the extra mile. And there's more than just that. Some people believe that why there's so many uh, idioms in the English language is because there's so many in the Word of God. I don't know. That's just what I have read. Probably one of my favorite ones is this. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, whether you think the eye of the needle is this, 
or if you think the eye of the needle is this, okay? It's an example of idiom in the Bible. Now, hyperbole in the Word of God, when I studied this out, the hyperbole that they want to say is in there is really because our language is limited, whether that's in the Greek, the Hebrew, or the English. And there is no limit to God. And so when the Bible says things like the sea of forgetfulness, or as far as from the east is from the west, it's not that it's trying to, um, it's not that it's hyperbole, because it is actually stating a fact. And there is no words that we can come up with that can describe the awesomeness, the greatness, the glory of God. So don't let people tell you that the Bible is full of hyperbole. It's not. It's just that the language is limited, right, on, the, on, on describing the attributes of God. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. That's not hyperbole. It's just that God is from all of eternity, right? Who can measure the depth of his understanding? That's not hyperbole. It's he's all-knowing. He sees all things. He's everywhere present at all times. It's not hyperbole. And so God does not have to use exaggerations like we do. When he says, this is the best chili you're ever going to try, be prepared for it to be the best chili you've ever had. Now, when we get to that marriage supper of the Lamb, I don't know if it's going to be just an Italian spread or just a Mexican spread or, or a, I don't know what, but it is going to be the best thing that you have ever put across your lips. So let's go through some of these in the Word of God. I will never leave thee. He does not exaggerate, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. It doesn't matter what, what the big guy said at 2 o'clock from Olympia, because I know that the Lord is in control of my life, and I am not going to fear what comes out of Olympia or Washington, D.C. Right? Amen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, this is not an exaggerated phrase. This is the truth. This is the Lord kicking the teeth out of the devil's bite, out of his mouth. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, not some things, all things are become new. It doesn't matter what that old Jeff Woods did. It has no guilt or shame to me because that's buried. If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm on the winning side, the old song. I'm on the winning side. Jesus won the victory. Amen. This is not an exaggerated thing. These are truths. 
For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. God did not give you and I a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Did you know you got a sound mind to make decisions, good decisions? Amen. Oh, speaking of the worst, God does not exaggerate. When he says the worst, it's the worst. The great tribulation. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world. He says there's coming a time of tribulation that the world has never seen. When God says it's the worst, it's the worst. No, nor ever shall be. And ex this is what the pastor preached the other night. And except those days should be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake. Hey, isn't it wonderful to know that we are the apple of his eye? For the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. That's the worst. Would you agree with me? That's the worst? It's not. Because then I read this, and I thought, this has got to be the worst. And I beheld, Revelation 6 and 12, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs. Blood and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. There goes fig tree. When she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. Oof. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves. The richest Elon Musk will be hiding in a cave. He won't be on Mars. Some of you are convinced you're going to Mars with Elon Musk. Every bondman, every free man hid themselves in dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said unto the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him. That tribulation sounded bad. This is the worst. When the one who sits on the throne pours out his judgment and his wrath upon those who take the mark of the beast and worship the image of the beast. That sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? That's another good song. Who shall be able? I thought, that is the worst. And then I was like, you forgot one. Revelations 20 and 11. 
And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. There's no exaggeration here. And I saw the dead, small and great. Elon will be there too. And the books were opened. What books? How about the 66 books of the Bible? See, God, he's a just God. He's not going to judge people from something that he never gave them. Right? And the books were opened, and another book was opened. What's the other book? Which is the book of life. Hey, don't rejoice because the devils are in subjection to you. But Jesus said, rejoice rather more this, that your names are written in heaven. Your names are written in the word of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their faith. No, according to their works. Oh, and the sea gave up. No, I don't want to go there. Let me see. Yeah, I do. And the sea. Let's just jump into this. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's the worst. That's the worst for all of eternity. You know? There's only two things I know about that place. Jesus said there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There ain't going to be a party. There's not going to be any high-fying people. You're not going to be able to commit sin. There's going to be two things, weeping and gnashing of teeth. He doesn't exaggerate. But... If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And we don't confess them to each other. Right? I don't want to know your sin. The Bible says confess your faults. There's a difference between faults and sins. If I may say, hey, brother, would you help me? I need to be a little more faithful in my life. That's a fault. Right? I got some areas that I'm not faithful in. I don't want to peel the onion back and say, would you help me? I've been uh, having an affair, and uh, you're the only person that knows it. And you don't confess your sins. You confess your faults. We confess our sins to Jesus. Right? <clears throat> confess. <clears throat> he is just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Fear thou not, listen to this, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That is not hyperbole. Amen. That is saying, God is saying, there is nothing that can keep you, that can take you away from me. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. That's a great song. Amen. We sing. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, 
thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. It's not hyperbole. Amen. It's talking about His ability to save to the uttermost. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me. Now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will, what? If I will not open up to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God does not exaggerate. Amen. He's kept by his word. And if you start to give as a cheerful giver, amen, you better be ready to see the Lord pour out blessings upon your life. I'm not teaching a prosperity doctrine. I'm just simply telling you what the word of God says. Forgive, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Listen, if you're looking for good financial advice, go to the Bible. Right there. That is it. These are sound financial principles because they come from God. Jeremiah 29, 11, no exaggeration, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. When Look, he knows there's coming a day of judgment upon this earth, but he does not, he knows that there is something different for his bride, for his children. He has a different end for you and I. Come to me, all ye that labor on heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. That's all the qualification is. That's all you need. You just have to be tired of this world, and he's ready to give you rest. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called, this is not hyperbole, the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. They think we're a little strange. They don't know it. That's because they don't know him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. <laughs> There's coming a miraculous day of transformation of uh, glory, when this mortal shall put on immortality, when this corruption shall put on incorruption, right? First Corinthians 15. Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. This is not an exaggeration. For we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. I don't got time for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, uh, because I'm listening for my name. Even as he is pure. For God has not appointed us to wrath. I don't got to worry about that day when God pours out his wrath upon this world. 
God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I hope this gives you some strength and encouragement. For the Lord himself, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, for the Lord himself, it's not going to be an imposter, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's pretty amazing. Oh, sorry. That was actually a birth. That was actually a birthday cake from a lady in our office. We were celebrating. That thing was so good. Sorry. I don't know how that got in there. Okay. Uh, I was thinking that was the best. Not the cake, but the verse before that. But this has got to be the best. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. We'll skip down to verse 4. Revelation 21. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. This is right after the worst. Remember? The worst, whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of, in the book of life was cast in a lake of fire. Well, this is the next chapter. I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven. The first earth were passed away and there were no more tears. Verse 4, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. There is no hyperbole. There is no exaggeration in the truth of the word of God. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega. That's because our language is limited. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. I went six minutes over. I apologize for that. Amen. That is my last slide of the night. And I just want to leave you with that thought. We'll embellish and exaggerate and use hyperbole. God's word is true. He means what he says and says what he means. And we have these promises that we can hold on to, and they are a rock and an anchor. Amen for our souls. Praise God. And um, I won't be here next uh, Wednesday or Sunday. So you guys pray for us because I'm going to be in a difficult spot. 
I'll be with my wife and two little girls in Disneyland for four days. So it's going to be tough for me. I'd rather be at a basketball tournament, but anyway. Going to Disneyland, so you be praying for Brother Jeff, all right? All right, Stan, we'll pray and be dismissed. Was that all right? Was that all right tonight? Okay, all right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll pray and uh, be dismissed. Praise God. Let's see, I'm going to ask Andrew if you would pray, Brother Andrew. Praise God. Shake hands and be friendly. Appreciate each and every one of you. God bless.